Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Hello to you today. I'm so thankful that you're here and listening to the show today. We're talking about prayer which is a hugely important aspect of the Christian life. And it's incredibly needed in the era in which we're living right now. Prayer isn't just an extra thing that we do. It's a necessary thing that we do as Christians. You know, there's tremendous promise in prayer as well. The Bible has so much to say about prayer. It's actually kind of hard to overemphasize how much hope we have when we stand in prayer. And so lest you think that talking about prayer is off topic of my usual go-to of God's promises, oh no, not at all. There's so much promise in prayer. And when we pray the promises of God, um, you know, it's really like that's the mountain moving kind of praying that Jesus talked about. Because when we're praying what God has promised in his word, we're praying for his will. And there's something beautiful that happens when we're in total agreement with the will of God. Um, And, you know, when we stand in prayer, that's different than when we vacillate, when we wobble, or when we maybe doubt. And I think you know what I mean when I say that. Like when you pray, oh, I'm pray for this, but I don't know if God hears me and I sure don't think he's going to answer. That's That's kind of like doubtful praying. We want to be hopeful as we stand in prayer. And sometimes that means we've got to pray for things more than once, like over the long haul, long haul praying. So Paul, when he wrote his epistle to the church, um, the Colossian church, we're going to look at that, that epistle, that letter that he wrote, Colossians chapter one. That's our text for today. And I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation and um, just talk about the promises that we find here. And then I'm actually going to pray this passage for you at the end of the show. So I hope you'll hang in there with me all the way through to the end. In the show notes, I'm going to have a link. I'll put it right at the very top of the show notes. So it's really easy for you to access. Um, But I'm going to attach a link for a PDF that you can download. Uh, You can print it. It's It's a PDF that's printer friendly. You can just access it on your phone or whatever device that you prefer. And you can you can um, you can pray this for your friends, your family, your loved ones, your coworkers, whoever the Lord has put on your heart to be praying for. So look for that. I'll have it. I'll have that link in two places: the top of the show notes, and then down at the bottom with the other links. But that's just something I put together for you because um, I just felt like maybe beyond me talking about it, you'd like it would be helpful to have a resource that you can look at and you can say, okay, I'm going to pray Colossians one. And sometimes when we don't know exactly what to pray for someone, for a loved one. Maybe you know somebody who's really going through a hard time and you're not sure what to pray for them. And maybe you feel a little bit overwhelmed by the the seriousness of their situation. Colossians 1 is an excellent go-to to A, pray for someone when you don't know what to pray, and B, it can jumpstart, be like a kickstart for your prayer time. You start praying and then 
uh, when you get to the end of praying through Colossians 1, oh man, there's like a fire, you know, like a Holy Spirit prayer fire and you just keep praying. So I'll put that link at the top of the show notes. I want it to be easy for you to access no matter what app or podcast player you're listening on. And, uh, you know, I'm really honored to be able to pray for you today. I mean that. I don't take that lightly. And for the 125th episode of the Burt Not Ernie show, this seemed like a super fitting topic to focus on. Let's jump into this passage. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie show, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. This is episode number 125. Okay, so as I look at Colossians chapter 1, I'm going to read aloud the verses. Uh, Let's see, verses 3 through 14. And I'm a quick reader, so don't get too worried. That's going to take me a long, long while to read this. But I want to read it and then pray it. So as I read, would you listen closely? Like be intentional in your listening and think think about who you can pray these verses for. Who might God want you to stand in prayer for today? Be thinking about that. Who? who should I be praying for? And then at the end, I'm going to pray for you. So be thinking about how you can kind of pay it forward. Who are you going to pray for? And then receive all of what God has promised here as I pray it over you. You know, we want to be disciples who in turn make disciples. That is a key aspect of the Great Commission, right? Disciples who make disciples. Disciples who are good at discipleship. Prayer is one really excellent way to focus on discipleship, and you may not have thought of that before, and that's okay. It's not a connection that's always made, uh, you know, because you and I, we're going to grow in our walk with the Lord as we pray for others, right? So that's one way that prayer grows us as disciples. When I am praying, especially when I'm praying God's word for other people, I am actually going to grow as a disciple. And those others for whom I'm praying, they're also going to grow As a result of the prayers that I have prayed for them, especially when they are totally in alignment with what the word of God says. So it's like a, it's a win-win. I'm not saying that jokingly. It's actually a win-win. I grow and they grow. I'm blessed and they're blessed. God is honored in my life and God is honored in their life. It's a win-win. And, you know, we want as many wins as possible, especially when, you know, I don't know where you're at, but you may be at a point in your life when it feels like, Life is kind of kicking you around a little bit and you, you're knocked down and you, you want to win. Let's get some wins. This is a way to get a win-win, a double win. You know, you know what I mean when it's like, I need a win right here. This is a big win-win for us. I'm going to read Colossians 1 verses 3 through 14 from the New Living Translation. We always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, might not be saying that right, forgive me, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. Okay, verse nine, here's where it really does like a deep dive into how we can pray for others. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will 
and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Okay, this is quite a passage. There really is so much here that we can believe God for, and specifically that we can ask him for in prayer and then believe him for as a result of our praying. Paul said that they always pray for the recipients of this letter. Can you even imagine what comfort that brought them, the church members? At Colossae, like, think about that. You know, when we pray for others in a committed kind of way in particular, I'm not talking about, Lord bless them and you move on. Like, when you're like, I'm praying for you. God has laid you on my heart and I am praying for you. When we pray for others like that, it has an impact on them. It really does. It shores them up. It can steady them where they might be feeling like, you know, I don't got my sea legs. I'm shaky and quaky and wobbly. Yeah, you know what? You can be steadying them when they feel like they are on a boat in the middle of the ocean being tossed around by the waves of life. When they're being battered, you're shoring them up. You're steadying them. It is so good to know that we are not alone and somebody who loves Jesus is praying for us on the regular. Think about what comfort this church had in receiving this letter from Paul and the others in church leadership to know that they were being prayed for regularly and continually with intentionality. This was, these are specific things that Paul was praying for them. This is a beautiful gift that was given to them. And it is a gift we can give and ought to give to people all the time. We can do this every single day and think about the impact this would have. How would our churches be different if we were praying like this every single day. You know, it really is a big deal. And my personal desire is honestly that we all have somebody or several somebodies who pray for us. It's part of being in the body of Christ, my friend. And I really would love to see us get all sorts of fired up about praying for one another. What might change if we really leaned into this? Yeah, you know what? I actually think everything everything could change. And when you pray for others, give thanks to the Lord as you pray. Like the ability to pray and have our prayers heard by God, this is huge. So thank him for that. And thank him for your church body, for your small group, for your friends, for your family. I thank him for the people that pray for you. Thank God for all the things, really. I mean, there's Is there air in your lungs today? Is there breath in your lungs? Thank him for it. Thank him for it. I could go on and on about what we should be thankful for. There's really no end to the opportunities we have to thank God. And so we want to be a thankful people. We should be the most thankful people, the most gracious people, the most gratitude-filled people, the most joyful people on the planet because of what the Lord has done for us. Verse 4, Paul is thankful for their faith in Jesus and their love for God's people. Isn't that beautiful? And it should go hand in glove. Our faith in God should enable us to love God's people more and more. Can the same be said of us, though? 
does anybody see evidence of my faith in Jesus in my daily walking around life? I hope so. Is it apparent that I love people, that I love God's people? I hope so. And does my love and my faith stem from my confident hope of what is coming for me in the future? I hope so. Confident. Confident. That's a key word in this passage. Confident hope does not sound like, gee, I sure hope so. That's not confident hope. In the book of Revelation, in Jesus's letters to the seven churches, he said that they had forgotten their first love. I believe that's in Revelation chapter two. They'd forgotten their first love. When we remember what it was like when we first really got it, when we first really understood what this relationship, not religion, relationship with Jesus was really all about, Man, wasn't that a moment? Did we have an expectation of what would come in the next life back then? Yes, indeed. We understood. Uh, At some point, we understood for the first time our sins were forgiven through Jesus and that we had eternal life. And you, you just instantly get this flood of hope of what that means, eternal life. We had expectation anchored in hope. You know, that can still be our expectation and the source of our hope, what's coming for us when this life has ended. God has things reserved for us, for you and I in heaven. That's exciting. So it ought to get us excited. Hang on to that first love. Jesus is always, always worth it. Always. Okay, let's also pray that the good news, which is about Jesus as Savior of the world, that it would continue to spread around the globe, all around the world. I have a t-shirt that says make heaven crowded. And I'll be honest, I, you know, I've got some shirts that, that remind me to pray. I have a lock screen for my phone that I created to remind me to pray. I literally can't open my phone. I mean, literally is as in literally and not see that. Right. I mean, I can't, I don't, I've, I've made it. So I do not have an excuse to go on. I don't make about prayer. I don't know. I mean, every time I open my phone, which is a lot of times every day, I am reminded to pray, right? So I have a hoodie that reminds me that making disciples and being a good disciple myself, that that matters. Um, I have a shirt to remind me that Esther 414 is true. I have another one to remind me that the work I do and my writing and my podcasting, that it needs to be handled with care, if you know what I mean. Like, it's not flippant work, but really focused and prayed up as I do the things that I do. Make heaven crowded. Those three words that, you know, they might sound kind of oversimplistic and cheesy in a way that sometimes only Christian t-shirts can be cheesy, but this is important to me. I wear that shirt as my reminder when I'm writing, when I'm recording audio content like this podcast, like I actually am wearing something that reminds me of the greatest end goal of the Great Commission that Jesus gave to all his followers, which includes you and I. Make heaven crowded. Do people know the way to heaven? Do they know who Jesus is? Make heaven crowded. People matter. That shirt reminds me of something really important. People matter. And where they spend eternity, that matters so much to Jesus, and so it ought to matter to me as well. Now, I also have a shirt that mentions it being too peopley outside and a sweatshirt that says homebody. Like, I'm telling you, if you know, you know. If you are, if you can relate to me, if you get it, you get it. I love people. I do. But the way that God made me, I don't exactly refuel or recharge when I'm surrounded by all the peoples for, for any extended amount of time. 
I have found that I need to have time alone to kind of recharge. Um, And you know what? That's the time I often use to write, to craft out podcast content, to work on things for my next upcoming prayer retreat in a private Facebook group that I founded. Uh, That's the time that I spend praying for dozens of people. And I do have a prayer list with dozens of names on it. I just prayed through it just before I jumped on this podcast. Like, If God has not wired me, to, um, you know, if God has not wired me to be with, with like loads and loads of people all the time, if my sweet spot is, is maybe some of that downtime and that alone time, you know, it's a good thing in the end, because for, it was good for me to recognize that I'm not a lousy Christian because I get tired and really worn out emotionally and mentally just exhausted and need a recharge, uh, and need some time alone. That time alone is invested in the kingdom. It was okay for me to realize my sweet spot is how much time I have to spend in prayer, how much time I have to really deep dive into the word. That's my recharge. That's my refuel. God made us all uniquely, I guess, is the point that I'm making. So how God wired you is part of how he's going to accomplish the good works he planned for you to be doing. And he did plan good works for you to do. He planned them before he laid the foundations of the world. So, you know, I can get done the things that I do best when I'm operating in the way that he made me. Of course, he made me in a way that lines up with the good works that he planned for me to do, not the good works somebody else wants me to do, not even necessarily the good works I want to do. And certainly not the distracted works or the evil, sinful works that the enemy, Satan, wants me to do. I get done what God wants me to do by operating the way that he made me, not by fighting against it. The same is true for you. Don't get annoyed by the gift that you have. Trust me, I was annoyed for a while. Like, this isn't right. I'm not Christian-y enough. How can I be this way? I have to push through this and get beyond this. And I, I can't be such an introvert. This isn't right. And I was just wearing myself out and wearing myself thin and totally not doing the things that God had planned for me to do. I was annoyed by the gift. Don't get annoyed by the gift because sometimes that's a shady way of being annoyed by the gift giver, who's God. Pray and ask him how this gifting fits in with how he made you, how your, how your personality, introvert or extrovert, just start right there. How does that fit in with how you made me and the good works that you prepared in advance for me to do, Lord? Please lead me on this. I'm listening. I'm willing. I'm submitted to you. I'm ready to be led, which means I'll follow where you lead. I trust you, right? It's really that simple. I used to think, I really did think I was a cruddy Christian because I got worn out by too much people-y stuff. And now I understand it so much better because I prayed about it. And the Lord showed me some stuff that I needed to see. He'll show us some stuff if we pray and talk to him about whatever it is that we need to talk about. You know what that is in your life, so... um, I think you know what I'm saying with that. I'm trying to actually encourage you to not fight against the aspects of your personality that are hardwired in by God, but instead talk to him about it and see what he wants to do in and through you, the way that he made you, because he did not make big, fat, juicy mistakes. That's not how God works. Okay, this good news about Jesus is bearing fruit everywhere, this passage goes on to say, and it's doing that by changing lives right? It, it, that's how the good news bears fruit, through changed lives. If we really think about it, that's kind of what Paul is saying here. What does it mean to bear fruit? If I was an angry person and now I'm a peaceable person, 
whoa, I'm bearing fruit and that's cool. And it glorifies God because my life was changed. Look, I've said it before, and this is not going to be the last time I say this. The word of God is life-changing. Jesus is life-changing. God is in the life-changing business. The Holy Spirit is always going to be about changing lives. So why in the world are we so surprised when a life is changed by the Lord? Why should that surprise us? It's his way. He's a life changer. So we should expect to see lives changed all the time. We shouldn't be floored by once in a while a life is changed. We should be like, yes, do it again. Do it again in 15 seconds, Lord. And we want to keep seeing lives changed. You know, and hey, why shouldn't one of those lives be your life? Why not? I don't think you can possibly give me an actual good reason. Why not you? Why not you? I'm, I'm being serious, not a rhetorical question. It's serious. Let God change your life and let your changed life bear fruit. In verse seven, Paul mentions the person who told them the good news. We are co-workers with every other believing Christian who is sharing the good news of Jesus. It is not a contest. It is not a competition. We are working toward the same goal. You focus on being a faithful servant of Jesus, you yourself personally, and you also pray for others to be faithful servants of the Lord Jesus. And then do not let competition get in there. It has no place in God's family, in God's kingdom. God has a crown for you, and he's also got a crown for them. There is no need to compete because what are you even competing for? You cannot obtain their crown and they cannot somehow work really, really hard and and get your crown in place of their own. It doesn't work that way. So let's pray for one another. Let's remember it's not a competition. Let's believe God wants to advance his kingdom and take more and more ground for his glory, saving more and more people. Let's show that the Holy Spirit really has given us love for one another. Now, verse 9, let's see, it has some very, starting in verse 9, verse 9 on, it has those clear and specific ways that we can pray for one another. I mentioned it when I read this passage aloud a a few minutes ago. So first of all, do not stop praying. Be committed in your prayer life. Take it seriously. You know, when Jesus prayed to the Father, he took it seriously. Jesus took his prayer time seriously. Read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you will see that. You'll see what I mean. It's it's the truth because it's in God's word, not because Jan said it. We don't always take it seriously. We just don't always do that. So pray. Don't stop praying and take it seriously. What does that look like for you? Maybe it doesn't need to be by rote. Maybe it's not about the checklist so much as it about it is about like pausing and really thinking of that person. That person you're praying for, not just, nah, but like really thinking, oh, Lord, what's your heart for them in this situation? Trying to put yourself in their shoes for a moment of maybe the fear that they're feeling or maybe the overwhelm or um, it just the stress. And just that changes the way you pray. You're going to pray in a different way because you're taking it seriously. So that's just an example of how you can actually keep praying and take it seriously. Next, ask God to give the people that you're praying for complete knowledge of his will doesn't matter what my will is. doesn't matter what I want when I pray for somebody else. I need to ask God to give them complete knowledge, not partial, not halfway, not so-so, complete knowledge of his will and to give them spiritual wisdom and understanding. What would our lives look like if we as Christians 
walked around all the time with complete knowledge of the will of God, with spiritual wisdom and understanding. Can you imagine? I I like get these little little thoughts running through my head about what that would look like. And it's like powerful. It is the Lord moving in and through his people. It's a beautiful thing. So pray for that. Pray for them to have complete knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding who would not be blessed by having you pray that over them. I mean, okay, I'm getting excited. I'm getting way excited about this because that's huge right there. That's just one sentence from this passage. That's huge and transformative and can just make an impact on this world that will push back Satan in the gates of hell. And that's a beautiful thing. Ask the Lord to enable them to live in a way that always honors and pleases God. Man, that would be just amazing. You got people walking around living in holiness. How cool is that? How cool is that to think about? How would that impact our world? It just tremendously would. That's how. For their lives to produce every kind of good fruit. All right, look up the fruit of the Spirit. Do a deep dive on that if you want to, and you can pray down that list of exact things. What are the good fruits that that Paul's talking about here? Pray that their lives would produce every kind of good fruit. Ask for those exact things for the people that you're praying for. And then the last part of verse 10 reminds us to pray for people to grow as they learn to know God better and better. To grow as they learn to know God better and better. First of all, that better and better, that indicates that we're going to continue being sanctified and growing in the Lord. If you feel like you've maybe hit a plateau and you've stopped knowing God better and better, pray and ask him to help you to know him better and better, to grow. So this is showing us what growth as a Christian looks like, what maturity looks like. We don't want to be babies on the bottle. We're going to get off the milk and we're going to eat the meat of the word of God. It shows itself as knowing God better and better. This is how it shows up. Are you growing? I'm not sure. Do you know God better and better? If you can say yes to that, like if you can reflect back and say, do I know him better than I did last year at this time? November of 2021 to November of 2022. Do I know him better? If so, praise the Lord, you're growing. If not, you may need to learn to know him better. Sit at his feet in prayer. Get quiet before him sometimes. Just enter his presence. Just say, just praise him for who he is. Just start saying, thank you, God, for mm, for the things that he's done and praise him for. He's so holy, he's so righteous. He's, he does nothing outside of his loving kindness toward us, that kind of a thing. And then get still and get quiet before him. Sit at his feet in prayer. Humble yourself before him. You can't sit at the feet of somebody in real life if you're not humbling yourself. Humble yourself in your prayer time. Read your Bible and pray and ask him the Lord, the Holy Spirit, who indwells you to teach you. Because learning means being taught. If we're going to learn to know God better and better, we've got to be taught. Let's be taught by the Holy Spirit as we study the Word of God. Let ask Him to teach you to know Him better. Take time to listen, to get quiet in His presence, and to write down what you're learning. Because writing it down is going to cement it in your heart and mind in ways that aren't going to happen if you don't make a note of it. Note takers are world changers. There's a lot of truth behind that saying. Note takers really are world changers. Learn to know God better. It's not enough, my friends, to go to church two Sundays a month, and that's all the time you have for Jesus. No, no, no. If that's the case, I would challenge you um, to really seek the Lord and ask, do you really know him? If that's all the time you spend with him, an average of two, two and a half hours a month, 
do you really know him? Are you really in Christ? And is Jesus Christ really in you via the Holy Spirit? Huh? Hmm. Pray about that. And I'm not kidding here. Pray about that. That's not enough. That is not learning how to know him better. Get serious about prayer. Get serious about reading your Bible. Get serious about heeding the conviction and leading of the Lord. And both of those will come. If you're serious in prayer and reading your Bible and you're sitting quietly before him listening, there's going to be leading of the Lord and there are going to be times where there's going to be conviction, where you know that verse is talking to you about something that needs to be cleaned up in your life, yielded to him, totally surrendered. Get serious about the things that the Bible says to get serious about. That's how you'll grow. Verse 11, pray that they, and they are those those who you're praying for, that's who the they are. The ones you're praying for, that's the they. That they'll be strengthened with all God's glorious power. And it is glorious. Think about that. We sometimes think of God's power because we don't experience it enough, sadly. Um, we think of it as like the the judgment, Sodom and Gomorrah, or the things we know about Revelation, you know, when those bowls are tipped over and those seals are broken. Yeah, that's God's power. But think about God's glorious power, where Isaiah couldn't speak until the hot coal was touched to his lips, where John on the island of Patmos is like, boom, he hit the ground. He was out cold. Um, you know, this is this is uh, Elijah's experience with God, where he's like in the in the whisper, not in the earthquake and the hurt, the storm, and the he's in the whisper. This is this is amazing. God's power is glorious. Let's expect to see it, like working out in our lives. Ask them to experience that they would be strengthened by God's glorious power so they'll have all the patience and endurance they need. If you're praying for somebody and you know they're in a season that's not just going to poof, disappear, pray for them to be strengthened with all, not part of, all of God's glorious power so they will have all the patience and endurance that they need. Ask God to fill them, fill them to the very top with joy and to give them a heart of thankfulness that just overflows and always thanks the Father. I think as I'm reading, you're getting some ideas of how I pray, what I pray according to the Word of God. And I hope it inspires you to really just expand your prayer life. Not that I'm really great at praying. I'm just passionate about it, and I love it. And I would love for that passion to spread. Because, oh my goodness, what happens when we pray with passion based on the Word of God in belief it's, it's profound and amazing and beautiful. Sometimes we're thanking him in all things, but maybe not for all things. That's okay. Sometimes you just got to say, I'm thanking you for who you are and what your word has promised and what will be the end result of this, which is Romans 8, 28, even though I don't feel like I can thank you for this. That's okay. But I also got to say, listen, while it was true um, that for the first like couple of years of dealing with serious heart problems, a heart failure diagnosis, it was true. I did not thank him for my heart problems. I didn't. It was scary and uncertain and stressful. And I was on medication that totally suppressed my personality down to like walking zombie status. Not kidding. Um, I mean, my heart rate was like 25 beats a minute resting. Like that's like basically walking zombie. Okay. Now I can say, I really can thank God for my heart problems. Sometimes you just got to walk that long road with the Lord. You know, Isaiah talks about, I will be, that God says, I will be with you when you pass through the waters and when you walk through the fire. And I knew that that was the Lord's word to me early on in this process. And he has definitely done that. Man, when you walk so closely with Jesus through something, you get to a point where you say, oh, I'm so thankful for it. But you know why? Because I'm walking hand in hand with you closer with you 
than I ever would have otherwise. So, um, and you know, one result of that perpetual thankfulness is that it spreads. It spreads. Is that not cool to think about? Like, like, you know, like a, like a pond in the ripple effect. It's a good kind of spreading. I want to be contagious with the things that actually matter. Because you know what? A bad attitude, a complaining spirit, it's so contagious. But so is gratitude and thankfulness. It just doesn't spread as quickly. It's not a contagion that spreads as quickly as the negatives. The positives take a lot more of us. Um, you have to be a lot more thankful for that to start to spread, for it to catch fire, so to speak. Pray that the people on your prayer list will be thankful because it makes a difference in the world around them, and it glorifies God. And it also changes the way we look at life. It really does. Um, Ask God to enable them to share in the inheritance that only belongs to his people. I love this. You know, for them to really, really know Jesus on such a personal level that they have this assurance of eternity with him, not going to be separated with him. There's so much comfort when we know I've got some, my inheritance is with the Lord. I will not be separated from him for eternity. That is a peace that money can't buy. Pray that for the people on your prayer list that, you know, the only way to obtain our inheritance is to know Jesus personally. So when we pray for them to share in this inheritance, we are seeking God to call out to them, to draw them with his cords of loving kindness. We're asking for their salvation. In some cases, some people on our prayer list do not know Jesus. Pray that they would come to know him, that they can have the hope of this inheritance and that they can share about Jesus with the people in their world that need the hope of the Lord. We want those people for whom we pray to live in the light. Jesus is the light of the world. So let's pray for people to live in the light and not to walk in any kind of darkness, no darkness. Pray that for those on your prayer list, that there would be no darkness in any part of their life, that they would walk totally in the light, that they can see clearly And that they're just so close to Jesus that there's no room for the darkness that the evil one wants to bring in. And be sure to praise God for all the work that he has done in your life when he rescued you from the kingdom of darkness, because that's what he did. He rescued you from the kingdom of darkness and transferred you into the kingdom of his dear son. You've been transferred into Jesus's kingdom. Praise him for purchasing your freedom and forgiving your sins. Now, that's how I pray. Colossians chapter one for the people on my prayer list. And to kind of make this grabable, grabable, that's not a word, but for today, we're going to pretend that grabable is a word. I made that PDF I mentioned. You can download it. The link's at the very top of the show notes and also down at the bottom. Um, I'm going to put some other links down there too, to my private prayer group, where we're going to begin a new weekly time of prayer and teaching about prayer. Um, because I just, we need it. We need it. We need it. As we end this year and roll into the new year, we need it. We need to be praying for each other and we need to keep going back to what God's word says about prayer and then pray like that. So I'll put that link so you can join. It's a free group. Um, And that's going to go from November into mid-December, take a break around Christmas time, and then we're going to pick it up again, probably a week or 10 days into the new year, into January. We'll go through January and all of February. And I'll also put a link to Uh, A book I wrote, A 60-Day Prayer Journal for Parents, available on Amazon. If you'd like to use that resource in praying for your children, or you could probably adapt it to pray for anybody on your prayer list or for yourself, your pastor, all that kind of stuff. Okay, so now I am going to pray for you based on what I put together in the PDF 
that it's going to be the same content you get when you download it. But I want to pray this over you right now. And as I pray, would you just let the Lord comfort you? Kind of lean in and choose to believe. Just sort of choose, if you would, choose to believe that he's going to answer this prayer on your behalf. I'm kind of slowing down in my speaking to get you to really think about what I'm saying. As I pray, would you choose to believe he's going to answer this prayer on your behalf? He's got blessings and he's got favor and he's got goodness for you. And I hope, and I really do mean this, like hope, like this passage talks about, I hope from the bottom of my heart that no matter where you are in life right now, that you can just pause, lean in and believe him for these blessings. Trust again, no matter what's going on right now, I want to encourage you as I pray to trust the Lord again, love him anew today, hope in him and receive whatever it is that he wants to give. And spoiler alert, he always wants to give more than we expect exceedingly abundantly. So trust him. All right, let me pray for you. Lord, I just want to thank you today for each and every listener of this podcast episode, whoever they might be, and at whatever point in time they listen, and if they listen to this episode more than once, bless them each time accordingly. I thank you. I thank you for them and for their heart to pray more, to believe you for more, to be a disciple who loves you well and cares about others. Lord, would you give them an increase in faith today? increase their faith today. You know the exact areas where they may be struggling, where they're being hit hardest by the enemy. Keep Satan from doing even one ounce more of his evil work than will be usable for your kingdom. Because as Martin Luther said, even the devil is God's devil. May it be so in their life today. Increase their faith and grow them in their ability to love all God's people. May we be a people who love each other well and pray for one another and work side by side advancing your kingdom. Lord, would you give them confident, not flaky, not flippant, not uncertain, not shaky, but confident hope of what you have reserved for them in heaven. Remind them of what's to come. And as you remind them of what you have reserved for them, may it give them the strength and the endurance, and the patience to keep on going through whatever it is they're up against. Enable them to remain faithful to you no matter what comes into their life. Thank you, Lord. I know you're going to answer that prayer. Thank you, Lord. Increase the spread of the good news of Jesus via their life. To the one listening to this right now, my prayer is that through their life, the good news about Jesus would spread. Through the way that they live, that their behavior would be seen as different, that they would be known and recognized as somebody who has been with Jesus. As it says in the book of Acts, when I said, these men have been with Jesus. Yes, may it be so of us that they just, the world around us would see that we've been with Jesus and may your good news spread through them. May their life be changed. Oh Lord, change their life by your word and by your spirit because you're still in the life-changing business. May that life today Be the life of the one listening to this right now. And may your grace, which is so wonderful, just flood over them, surround them, wrap them up and encompass them. Let them swim in your grace today. Give them complete knowledge, not partial, lacking in nothing, but complete knowledge of your will for them in the exact situations that they're going through right now. 
Also bless them with spiritual wisdom, wisdom that is from the Holy Spirit that is not worldly wisdom in every single situation and circumstance. Spiritual wisdom and understanding, because Lord, when we have understanding that comes from you, everything that we do changes. The way that we deal with people changes so much when we have understanding. So give it to them, Lord, and give them understanding of how to use their time on a daily basis, because what we do with our time matters. Our minutes add up to the to the end result of our lives. So give them your understanding and your wisdom for how to use their minutes. May they honor and please you, honor you and please you each moment of this day, as much as it's possible, Lord, help them to honor and please you. Make that their goal and produce in their lives every kind of good fruit, even as you're teaching them to learn to know you better and better. Thank you for being with them. Thank you for loving them well. And thank you for growing them in their walk as disciples of Jesus. Strengthen them with all your glorious power and all means all, Lord. So with all your glorious power, strengthen them completely in every way that they need strengthening. Give them the endurance and the patience that they need. Thank you, Lord. That the, what they need, help them not to think too far ahead down the road for what they're going to need tomorrow, but to know that they can have the patience and the endurance that they need today as they're strengthened with all your glorious power. And then remind them that you'll do it again tomorrow. You'll take care of them completely when they wake up tomorrow. Fill them with joy. Fill them completely to the, the utmost, to the just to the brim and overflowing with joy Not happiness, joy, Lord, joy. Happiness is fickle and comes and goes, but the joy of the Lord is their strength. And so I ask you for that today and keep them in a place of being just so thankful. Keep them thankful. Thankful people are your people. Make us thankful. Keep them thankful. May they know Jesus so personally that they can't imagine walking through even one moment of their life without being just right next to him. Thank you, Lord. And may they live in the light that is the light of the world, that is Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Bless them and bless them again. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for letting me pray with you today. Go ahead and check out those links so you can download your free PDF copy. And um, if you have anything that you would like me to pray for, I would be really honored to pray for you. And you can contact me. Um, I'm just going to give you the email where I tend to get prayer requests. I kind of use a separate one for that so that I see them. Uh, They don't get lost in the shuffle of my normal email. So it's just my name, J-A-N-L-B-U-R-T at Outlook.com. That's Jan, middle initial L, Bert at Outlook.com. And I will pray for you. And uh, I'll even be checking my spam to make sure I don't miss any of those prayer requests. Thank you so much for joining me for the episode today. It was a little longer than usual, but I think it's worth it because uh, this time in prayer is never time wasted. Keep praying, my friend. Keep believing. Don't give up. Don't give up on the goodness of the Lord. You will yet see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Seek him, pray, and ask him to do all these things in and through your life, and then pray it again for others. Lord bless you. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. 
I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.